invite you to join me, Proverbs 31, if you are not there already, Proverbs 31. Well-known passage, Proverbs 31, verses 10 to 31. And let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, truly our desire this morning is to glorify you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you are worthy of worship. Heavenly Father, this morning as we gather here around the word of God, we pray that you would open our hearts, that you would work through your word, that your spirit would accomplish your purpose this morning, that the word would go forth powerfully, that it would not return void. We pray that we would be challenged, that we'd be encouraged, that we'd be changed. Open our ears to hear the truth of your word. I pray that distractions would fade away, that we'd focus in that your will would be accomplished. I pray that you'd give me boldness to proclaim the truth of the word of God this morning with clarity and with authority, that you would be honored in all that is said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it is Mother's Day. Last year, we didn't have the opportunity to celebrate Mother's Day. We were still, at this point, apart uh, not meeting. In fact, if I remember correctly, I believe our first day back was Father's Day. Uh, so, planned that well. Uh, <laughs> skipped Mother's Day and got to celebrate Father's Day. But our mothers are worthy of honor. Amen. And the Bible says to honor those who are worthy of honor, to honor our mother and our father. And so it is a privilege to gather here today and to honor our mothers. As you look back over history, there are many great women of the past. In fact, if I had you write down, the, write down some, some influential women in the past, there'd probably be many different lists. Some might include Cleopatra, Joan of Arc, Queen Elizabeth I, Amelia Earhart, Harriet Tubman, Corey Tenboom, Clara Barton. If you go to scripture, you probably have Sarah and Ruth. And Esther, as you come to the New Testament, even as we saw uh, in our scripture reading, you have Lois and Eunice, the mother and the grandmother of Timothy. Just think of the impact that they had. These two women who faithfully trained Timothy, who faithfully taught him, who were faithful in their faith. And because of that, they still have an impact on us today through the Timothy, Timothy's ministry and influence. Think of passages like Titus 2, verses 3 to 5, which encourages older women, teach the younger women. As we were, if we were to make this list, probably most of us would include on that list, along these, with these great names of history and of the Bible, we'd include our own mothers, our own grandmothers, the women that the Lord has used in each and every one of our lives. And we praise the Lord for them. But what is it that makes a great mother? What is it that great, makes a great woman? That's why we're going to turn our attention this morning to Proverbs 31. 
It's a well-known passage. It's a passage that's often referred to, sometimes jokingly, the Proverbs 31 woman. And as we look at this passage, we'll see in the first uh, several verses, verses 10 to 29, we see the Proverbs 31 woman described. Then in verse 30, we see the Proverbs 31 woman explained. Then in verses 28 to 31, we see the Proverbs 31 woman honored. The first thing we're going to focus on this morning is the Proverbs 31 woman described. How is she described? starts out in the first several verses, verses 10 to 12. It starts with her value. And before we even jump into this, actually, it's, it's interesting to note that Proverbs 31 is written by King Lemuel. Some people think that might be another name for Solomon. Most likely, it is a um, Gentile king uh, who has come to faith. We're not sure, but this we do know. Proverbs 31, it's written by King Lemuel, and verse 1 tells us that this is the stuff that he learned from who? His mother. So we're learning from a man who learned from his mother. And the first thing we see in verses 10 to 12 is her value. The value of this woman. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. She is rare. She's invaluable. In fact, the heart of her husband safely trusts her. She's a woman who is trusted. What's that saying that we often hear? You can't buy trust. It's earned. Trust is invaluable. She is trustworthy. He will, not, he will lack no gain because she is trustworthy. She does him good and not evil. All the days of her life, she is trustworthy and she is loyal. This is a woman who is invaluable. She is rare. She is virtuous. These first three verses kind of start with this statement. This is who she is. And then it goes on to explain what that looks like. What does it look like that she is trustworthy? What does it look like that her husband lacks no gain because of her? What does it look like that she does him good and not evil all the days of her life? What does that look like? Well, in verses 13 to 19, we see her work. It looks like this, verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She works to gather the materials that she needs to do what she needs to do. That implies that she's prepared, that she plans ahead. She knows what she needs to do, and so she takes steps to have what she needs in order to do what she needs to do. Specifically, these things, wool and flax, are used in making clothes. She recognizes that part of my responsibility as a, as a wife, as a mother in this day and age, is that I need to provide clothes for my family. What do I need to do that? Well, I need the material so that I can make that. And so she goes out and she gets those. And then she willingly works with her hands. In fact, verse 14, she's, she's like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She goes out and searches for the best material, materials skillfully. 
She's not wasteful or unwise with her money, but she's not cheap either. She goes after quality. She brings her food from afar. Like the merchant ships that go out and find the best and bring it back. Verse 15, she rises also while it is yet night. Provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. This is a woman who embraces and gladly engages her responsibilities. She plans ahead. She rises early. And her, her preparation enables everybody else to thrive in their responsibilities. It's interesting, at the end of verse 15, it says, and a portion for her maidservants, she provides even for her servants. She provides what those who serve her need in order to serve her well. She plans, she thinks ahead, she's effective, she's ready. Verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. It's remarkable autonomy for this culture in which this is written. She considers a field and she buys it. She's entrepreneurial. She is wise in her investments. And then look what she does with those investments. From her profits, from this field that she has bought, she plants a vineyard. She is wise in her, in her investments and then she is wise and resourceful with the profits that she makes. She puts her money to work. She buys a field and then she plants a vineyard. Verse 17, she girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. We know that word gird. It's a New Testament picture as well. As you're, as you're going to work, oftentimes a man would take that robe, that long robe that he was wearing, he would pull it up and, and tuck it into his belt, freeing his legs to move, to do the work that, that he needed to do. It is preparing himself, and that's what she does. She girds herself with strength. She prepares herself to effectively care for her responsibilities. This Proverbs 31 woman recognizes what she needs to do. And she prepares herself to do it. And then she goes out and she gathers the materials that she needs to do what she needs to do. She is wise with the money that she makes, with the investments that she makes. In verse 18, she perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night because she procures good resources, because she is prepared, she produces good results, high quality. And her lamp does not go out by night. She is literally able to keep the light on. There's a couple ideas that that could have, the lamp that does not go out by night. It could mean that just as she rises early to prepare, she stays up late until what is done needs to be done. She doesn't quit early. But it could also carry the idea that because of her skill, because of her resourcefulness, because of the merchandise that she produces, which is of a high quality, that she then sells because of the investments that she makes, she is able to keep the lights on. 
In this day and age, it would have been a, a, a sign of prosperity to be able to keep your lamp on. You do not run out of oil. She thrives and her family thrives because of what she does. Verse 19, she stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. These are tools that are used to turn wool into thread. So we've almost come full circle. Verse 13, she goes out and she gets the materials. Verse 19, she puts those materials to work skillfully. That's what she does. As you come then to verse 20 to 24, you see her influence. We've seen her, what she does, her work, her value. Verses 20 to 24, we see her influence. She extends her hand to the poor as she reaches out her hands to the needy. In her prosperity, she is able to care for the poor and the needy. Her family is cared for. We've seen that already. Because of the work that she has done, because she has prepared, those around her prosper because she prospers. The poor and the needy benefit from her faithfulness, from her hard work. She is giving. She is caring. She is not selfish with her gains. She is aware of the needs that are around her and she is able to meet them because she has taken care of her responsibilities already. Verse 21, not only do the poor and the needy benefit from her, but her own family, her own household. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all of her household. It's clothed with scarlet. She is prepared for whatever may come. She's prepared for the, the weather. If the snow comes, come rain or shine, her family is prepared. Because she has planned ahead. She acts, not reacts. She abundantly cares for her family, and they thrive because of her. A surprise snowstorm doesn't worry her because her family is cared for. They have what they need because I have cared for my responsibilities. Verse 22, she makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. She thrives. She thrives because of her skill and her work ethic. Verse 23, her husband is known in the gates. When he sits among the elders of the land. We know that terminology from a few years ago. We worked our way through Esther. Mordecai sat in the gates. It's a government position among those with power, among those with authority. Her husband sits in the gates. Among them, her husband thrives because of her. She is a benefit to him. He is known in the gates as he sits among those with influence and power because of her. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Even the merchants thrive because of her. As you look at these verses, this woman's influence is everywhere. 
She makes everyone around her better because she takes care of her responsibilities. Verse 25 to 27 gets into her character, strength, and honor are her clothing. They are so much a part of her that it is like her clothing. These are words that you could use to describe her. She has the strength of youth and the honor of, of, of age. They are her clothing. It is who she is. She shall rejoice in the time to come. She is a joyful woman because she's not overcome with woman with worry because she is prepared for whatever may come. Verse 26, she is wise. She is kind. Verse 27, she is caring. And she is responsible. What is her character? She is strong. She is dignified. She is joyful. She is wise. She is kind. She is caring. She is responsible. She is blessed. This is who this woman is. These verses describe for us the Proverbs 31 woman. As we come to verse 30, we see the Proverbs 31 woman explained. See, after you work through those first several verses, if you're like me, you come to the end of it, and it's exhausting. This woman is incredible. How does she do all this? I'm exhausted just reading it. How does she do this? Why does she do this? And as you come to verse 30, it says this, Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Proverbs 31.30 gets to the heart of the Proverbs 31 woman. It is not about what she does. It's why she does it. See, at the end of Proverbs 31, after listing all of her amazing accomplishments, of her character traits, the amazing value that she has, surprisingly here, the author shifts our gaze from her to the Lord. The Proverbs 31 woman is not primarily a hard worker. She's not primarily resourceful or skilled or disciplined or wise or giving or selfless or trustworthy. She is all of those things, but that is not primarily who she is. The primary characteristics that makes her who she is is faith. The Proverbs 31 woman stands out because she is a woman who fears the Lord. That is who she is. That is why she is who she is. She is a woman who fears the Lord. So we come to Proverbs 31. We're bringing the book of Proverbs to a close. It's the last chapter. And Proverbs 31 brings the book to a close by embodying the theme of Proverbs in this woman. 
The theme of Proverbs, you could say, is fear the Lord. In Proverbs 1.7, at the very beginning, Solomon writes, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We know that verse. We often quote that, do we not? And it is true. But as you come to Proverbs 31.30, you see that the fear of the Lord is not only the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord is the key to life. This woman thrives because she fears the Lord. She is who she is because of who she believes in. She is a good woman and a good mother and a good wife because she is a godly woman. That is why she is who she is. That is how she can do all that. Verse 30 is the key verse. Chapter 31 is not about all the things that this woman does. She does some amazing things. And she is an amazing woman. But the point is not what she does. It is why she does it. It is that inward beauty that works its way out. It is that faith that turns into action. It's not just that she is charming, that she is beautiful. She is those things. She cares for herself. She wears beautiful clothes. She's taken care of. She, she thrives. But that's not what defines her. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is passing. Those things don't matter. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. What matters is not what she does. What matters is that she fears the Lord. The rest will follow. But start with the fear of the Lord. That last little bit of that verse, but the woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. That's the final point. Proverbs 31, woman honored. Her children rise up and call her blessed, verse 28. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So give her the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. The Bible tells us to honor those who are worthy of honor, to honor our father and our mother, and this woman is worthy of honor. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband praises her publicly. The city, all those around her in the gates, they recognize and they praise her. And that's our purpose this morning. We're gathered here this morning to honor the Lord by rising up to bless our mothers. To bless the women in our life. We're gathered here this morning as our children rise up. 
and call their mothers and grandmothers blessed. As husbands, we speak up and we praise our wife, our mother, the women in our life that God has brought. She shall be praised. The Proverbs 31 woman is a great woman. But it's important for us to note this morning that it is not motherhood or marriage that makes her great. She is a great mother and a great wife because she fears the Lord. That is what defines her. So today, we honor our mothers specifically. We honor our wives specifically. And yet at the same time, we note that women, your worth is not in motherhood. Your worth is not in marriage. Your worth is in the fact that you were created in the image of God and He loves you. Your worth is in Christ. And so while we honor our mothers, we recognize this morning that motherhood is just a ministry. It's not an identity. In fact, the goal of motherhood is no different than the goal of womanhood. To honor God. To glorify Him. To make disciples. Not just good children, but disciples of Jesus Christ. In motherhood, the Lord has blessed us. He's given you a, a head start on making disciples. You have very specific people to disciple. But as Titus 2, 3-5 to teaches, that doesn't mean that those of you who the Lord has not blessed you with children cannot carry on that ministry. Older women teaching younger women. As I look at my life, it's not just my mother and my grandmother and my wife and my mother-in-law and the other women the Lord has brought into my life. It's not just them who have impacted me. There's other women. The candy lady in my church growing up who always had candy in her purse. <laughs> encouraging me to memorize scripture. Motherhood is a ministry, it's not an identity. So we honor our mothers, not just because they are good mothers, but because they are godly women. That's the aim. Aim at godliness. So whether you are single or married, whether you have children or whether you don't, whether you are young or old, fear the Lord. Start there. Fear the Lord. Young women, if you want to grow up to be a great mother one day, start now. Fear the Lord. Amen. Women, at whatever age you are, it's not too late. Wherever you find yourself in life, fear the Lord. So, by way of application, just a couple thoughts. Husbands, 
We are called to lead. We are called to love. And so, even as we recognize, as we look at this chapter, husbands, you're probably wiping your brow. I'm glad I don't have to do all that. (laughs) But lead your wife. Love your wife. Do what you can to help her ministry thrive. Support her in what she has been called to do as a mother, as a grandmother, as a woman. Praise her often. Praise her publicly. Husbands, lead your wife. Love your wife. Support your wife. Praise your wife. Children of all ages, honor your mother. Care for your mother. Listen to your mother. And mothers, I hope this morning as we have looked at this passage, I hope you were encouraged. It can be exhausting looking at all those verses, but come back to verse 30 and aim at godliness. Fear the Lord. That is the key to being a great and godly mother. Fear the Lord. Start there. And the rest will fall into place. Don't try to do it in your own effort. Start with the fear of the Lord. And let him work in you. Let him change you. And see what he can do. Fear the Lord.